tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Ooh, Ooh that's big. I like that. My mic sounds nice. Check one. <laughs> My mic Hello sounds nice. Hello and welcome to an all new UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is. Read the shirt. <laughs> Dario Baronado. We're also on iTunes. Keep that in mind. Oh, you can't read my shirt? It says Dario Baronado on it. Um, I'm here with my lovely co-host. I haven't seen both of you in the same room in such a long time. Please welcome George Hermosa and Mr. Jay Tan. Hi, Jay. Hi, there you go. All oh. right. Picking up. Hey, I like your picking shirt. up what I'm putting down. I like your shirt. I like your shirt. Your shirt's all right. I like your shirt. It's not bad. For oh, those this old thing I had laying I around. Like my yeah, shirt. It was just laying around. Um, for those of you listening on iTunes, they are wearing Jersey Devil inspired T-shirts made by moi. You guys can purchase th- purchase them by emailing me at toughdaria at gmail and letting me know your size, email address, and mailing address. Guys, welcome back. Jay, we've missed you. I know it's Jesus. It's really high. It's been a while. It's I knew been a while. It. I knew it when I knew the schedule was coming, and mm-hmm. it's actually just kind of hitting me now. There's a whole lot of change going on. New studios. Yeah. Back after a long hiatus, not necessarily intended. You know, mm-hmm. one part. Uh, well, one, one part the UFC schedule lightening up a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, whole so- lot of other stuff going on. It's been we, a long time since we had those, what, eight, nine weeks in a row every single Sunday? Yeah, it was crazy for a while. Um, UFC has lightened up a bit, but now we're in our new studio. Can you guys tell we're in our new studio? I think you can, by the brick walls in the background. I think we had that before. Where can we find you guys on social media? You can find me at Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. Of course, as always, JTan716. That probably will never change. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't think anywhere else. Okay, well, that's very good to know. Guys, if you want to join our conversation, hashtag ABTVUFC, and we will talk along with you. Or you can talk on our chat roll on YouTube or watch us live on AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm trying to get it up here. I guess I'm going to have to go straight to the app. I was hoping to multitask and, you know, do it all in the... uh was it Safari, but Jay's working on it for us. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up here Hopefully we'll be chatting with you guys soon. So this fight card was a cool one because it was in Japan. I love Japan. Jay loves Japan. I really love Japan. Haven't you been there several times, Jay? Yeah, I lived there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Worked one of the Pride shows, uh, Dream. Actually, the very last Pride show. Um, Dream was there for the the show after that. And um, I guess that was it in terms... Oh, no, uh, Osaka Pro Wrestling. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. Um, So something to, to notice about the Japanese crowd tonight is that... They are much different than our other territories. They're very respectful. They mostly stay silent unless something crazy happens. Yeah, Yeah. It's like that with pro wrestling as well. Is it? 
Yeah, pretty respectable crowd. <laughs> so gonna, let's see, six minutes, 30 seconds it took to, <laughs> to come up with a non-Daria pro wrestling reference. I'm not pulling up there'll this. Be, there'll be more. There will be oh, more. Oh, I know, yeah. Well, Probably out of my mouth. Let, let's break it down here. It was a fight yep. night, I believe number 74, Josh Barnett, who is really um, Japan's adopted son. Yes. Versus big country Roy Nelson, who's also made a splash for himself. Uh, in in Japan, and has mm-hmm. his, <laughs> pardon the pun, splash, splash. Um, but you know, has a lot lot of fans there. Dag Nabbit, please yeah, so iPad was, work. Hey oh, guys, well. if you need help with the chat, Alexis is here to help out with that. Oh, awesome! I, mean, I didn't mean to rhyme. But I, have it, I have it up. <laughs> Alexis will let us know when you guys are talking to us. Thank you, Alexis. You're very welcome. Um, all right, guys. So UFC Fight Night 74, as Jay said, Barnett versus Nelson. Barnett is actually a former AfterBuzz TV guest. We had him on with his girlfriend, Colleen Schneider, mm-hmm. not too long ago. And we'd love to have you back, Josh, after this awesome victory. But let's start Word. at the bottom of the main card and talk about these awesome fights. So first we had... Uh, don't mind my pronunciations. They're going to be horrible. Mizuto <laughs> Hirota versus Teruto Ishihara. Um, it was a draw. I repeat, guys, a draw. Yeah, well, it's, we'll get into that a little bit later. But we, uh, um, yeah, finish it, it's, up. it's very rare to see a draw in MMA, but we saw one in this scenario, and we'll talk about why a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Do you want to add something, Jay? Well, wait, 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 just, wait. I'll wait. I was going to say, too, that we're what we're missing is that this um, this fight night was the mm-hmm. build-up. A lot of people don't realize it was the build-up, or the, I'm sorry, the, what they call the blow-off to a build-up uh, that was on UFC Fight Pass and uh, and aired in Japan. Uh, Barnett and, uh, and Nelson were opposite coaches for a very, uh, kind of an abbreviated version of Ultimate Fighter um, that was called UFC, or I'm sorry, Road to UFC Japan. And it, there were um, eight, uh, eight fighters. Mm-hmm. It was all at featherweight. And uh, they were brought into the tough house, well, one of the tough houses, I believe, or at least the gym there, in Vegas, and uh, trained and competed against each other. You know, very similar to the Ultimate Fighter format. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually kind of forgotten about it. A lot of people in North America, I don't, they didn't promote this thing much to anybody in, in North America because it was done for a Japanese market. A uh, Japanese production company recorded it. It is, however, on Fight Pass. All ten episodes and a little bit of extra stuff. And I caught two episodes last night. It is... Um, in that it is shot and produced by a Japanese company, it's it's a lot more fun. It's a nice, uh, different take on Ultimate Fighter, um, abbreviated, as it, abbreviated as it is. Um, you know, just it, it was kind of a, a fresh approach to the whole thing. And I definitely want to take a look at it. You yeah. were telling me a little bit about it. You said that it mixes in a live show with the recorded segments, yeah. which is pretty cool. It was. It's funny because it was. I guess. I guess you could say a more successful version, maybe just my opinion, of the current season or the, the most recent season of Tough, tough Enough. I was going to say, yeah, tough, tough, tough Enough. Yeah. Where, yeah, the open was, uh, it opens and, and closes with uh, two hosts that I don't know, but one was a comedian, uh, a Japanese comedian, two Japanese guys okay. at Crazy Bee Gym in Tokyo. And and there was even an audience in, like, they were in, they were the set was in a cage, but then the audience was behind the cage. Okay. So they're watching these guys tape, but not really, uh, um, you know, not really involved with the, with the show itself. 
and uh, the two guys would talk a little bit, and then go they'd go to the footage of these guys training in Vegas, and culminates That's in a fight. Interesting. Yeah, and, and as I think about it too, I'm remember, remember that it was only like half hour shows. It's not a full hour. Interesting. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what the uh, what the next several episodes because I didn't get to watch a fight yet. Well, it's definitely something to go watch. You guys can see it for nine ninety nine a month on Fight Pass. Um, I hear that it has subtitles, but they're not the best English subtitles. But they're but fun. They're fun. Yeah. But definitely check it out. Um, but next on the fight card, we have Katsunori Kikuno versus Diego Brandao. Diego Brandao won via TKO in round one. Leave me alone. Takeya Mizugaki versus George Roop. Uh, Mizugaki wins via unanimous decision. 29-28 all around. Next, we have Kyoji Horiguchi versus Chico the King Camus. Horiguchi wins via unanimous decision, 30-27 all around. Gegard Musasi versus Uriah Hall. We'll talk about this one. Uriah Hall, round two, TKO. And, of course, the main event of the evening, Josh the Warmaster Barnett versus Roy Big Country Nelson. Josh Barnett takes it home in a five-round decision. Mm-hmm. Five-round slugfest. 48 for for two judges, fifty forty five, a clear shutout for another judge. I'll t- we'll talk about how we scored that after. I think we'll have some disagreements among the three of us. But let's start with the the first fight that we talked about: Mizuto Hor- Hirosha. Hiroto. Hiroto. We'll go with that. Teruto <laughs> Ishihara. Hiroto and Ishihara. So this was the finals. This is great of, of the that, Ultimate Fighter of that UFC of the Road to Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan, right. Yeah. Yeah, Ultimate Fighter Japan, if you will. If you will. Um, if you will. Hirota, very easy to tell these guys apart. Mm-hmm. Hirota, ironically, oh, one more red, the other one more blue. Yeah, yeah. One, well, red and blue. One head, blue and, hair. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. and Hirota went ahead with a full tuft of blue hair, just the whole dome, you know, looking like a Smurf. I wonder if he knew he was in the blue corner, or has he had that blue hair for a while? You know what? I wonder. That's a good, very good point. Yeah, hmm. um, I would have. I'm really wondering about that because I don't. That's I, interesting. I don't assign guys to their corners until you know a day, Last minute. a couple days before. Yeah, right. So maybe he just was going with the blue hair and hoped he was in the blue corner. They must have known. Oh, maybe you know what? Um, let me think for a second. I think Hirota was actually on Roy Nelson's. No, I think it was Barnett's team was red and Roy Nelson's was might have actually been black. So maybe they just defaulted to red and blue. Oh, okay. Maybe but, he just figured. Yeah. But anyway, very cool blue hair. Very easy for us to pick him out. Um, so Hirota was the veteran. He's been around for a long time. He's mm-hmm. had two fights in the UFC prior. And then Ishihara seemed like the young, hot guy, uh, mm-hmm. fresh guy on the market. He had a little attitude in the cage, which was interesting. His nickname is Yashabo. Which means? Which is, it's an Okinawan term. It's kind of a, a local dialect term. Uh-huh. Um, which I um, they, uh, discussed it on the, on the show in the second episode. But kind of like rascal or mischievous guy, you know. I can Kor- see that. Takanori Gomi was, you know, uh, is the rascal in Japan. Uh-huh. But um, he, the, the way that they portrayed him in his, his segment, he's very much a ladies' man. He says he got into MMA for the girls. That is hilarious. Um, yeah, because that there was MMA fighters were getting the girls, and you know there was footage of him partying and you know hanging out with just he, a horde of chicks. He had a little uh, Nick Nate Diaz attitude in there. Like yeah. there, he was in some some holds against the cage, and I saw him like going like this, like just like sitting there. Like <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I like your style. I like your style. Since we won't see Nick Diaz for five years, uh, we might as well 
have a new Japanese version. No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about that later, though. Um, but yeah, no, he entertained me. I liked him. He was hot and fiery, constantly mm-hmm. throwing, uh, constantly doing something, which was yeah. awesome. Um, Hirota started off really slow, and I was co- really concerned. I was like, okay, this, they said this guy's older in his career. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time for retirement. But then the second and third round came, and I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. This guy's doing amazing. Yeah. He's just a slow starter. Remember my story about the two bulls? Nope. A couple of uh, episodes ago? Nope. No? Please the baby me. bull and the papa bull oh, on yeah. the bluff? <laughs> yeah. That's what this, this match reminded me. Of. As um, I'm watching, I'm going, jeez, I've seen this before. Guys, go watch a couple episodes ago if you don't know what we're talking about, because I really don't want Jay to repeat the story. Or Dennis Hopper's <laughs> Colors, 1988. Excellent film. Okay. Um, yeah. Hirota came out. He was a bit slower in the first. I, um, this is a, a split draw. Let's, let's talk about this first. The scores are 29-28, 28-29. So two judges scored it for opposing guys. Mm-hmm. And then a third judge, uh, Christopher Shen, I believe his name was, 29-29. Oh, Christopher Shen! I don't understand. Like, I thought that no two guys can have a 10-round. Because one ju- the judge scored a ten ten. It is called a ten point must whole, system, as Jay yeah, pointed out. I thought yeah. the whole point of it was you know some one person gets ten, the other person gets nine or less. Right. It's I think a, it state that they state that like in the rules. Don't uh, they? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the idea. Is I, I'm not sure you can have a ten nine or you can have a nine nine or a, an yeah. eight eight. You know, given but a foul. 10, maybe 10? like a ten ten. Yeah, what does that mean? Nine, you both did nine, nine makes sense because like obviously there are times where somebody deducts a point. Right. I think uh, Ortiz Rashad Evans went to a right. draw because Ortiz got deducted a point. From well, that makes sense though. But ten ten, what does that what does that mean? Both people did perfect. <laughs> yeah, you know ten ten mean? means like, that the judge couldn't decide right. which guy. And I don't know. I mean, this was a mistake, about. right? Like this is uh, this isn't going to open up a can of worms where it's like future judges are going to be like, oh, they both did really well. I don't know who to score it. Mm-hmm. Ten ten. I hope that I mean, doesn't happen. And Dana White did say, I think he tweeted that at least I should have went to the fourth round. I think everybody got caught That's up. That's the thing. I think everybody kind of caught up, got caught up in the thing that they forgot that it should go to a fourth round, especially because it was a finals of a tournament. Do kind they of do thing. that? I don't understand how you can. Forget that. Yeah, when we as fans, people sitting at home, I mean, these these rules, this is very easy. We, I can rattle off right away. The last time we had this, the reason that we, um, the re- the last time we faced this was D- it was the finals. It was the finals of the first round. Demetrius Johnson in the, the flyweight tournament to mm-hmm. determine a uh, also, a but that champion. was a mistake. It was a mistake, but it's still finish your thought. Who is it? Should it was Demetrius, Demetrius Johnson, Johnson and Ian McCall. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Creepy, Ian McCall, it, um, where the match should have gone... No, it should have gone no, to a they, fourth. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they scored it for Demetrius. Demetrius but, won. But and they the judges it. scored it wrong. Right. Um, so they ended up doing the draw. But yeah, had, because, had they would have done it correctly the first time, it would have gone to a fourth round. One of the judges wrote a nine that looked like an eight or vice versa, yeah. something like that. And DJ was announced the winner. Okay, so are we saying this is tournament rules? That in a tournament yeah. it goes to the fourth round? Or in general? Oh, definitely in tournament rules, and okay. this was a tournament. Absolutely, but um, if if this was a general regular just UFC a, fight, a regular would it fight. go into a fourth round? No, 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 no. no. Okay, so tournament rules stating well, that the judge should have never scored a fighters, 10-10. Right, that's the point. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. The judge shouldn't have scored a ten ten. I agree hundred percent. But if he did score a ten ten, you're saying it should have gone into a fourth yes, round, correct? Should have based on tournament rules. Yes. Now I wonder if it was not really official tournament rules, but yeah, I mean that, that, that was, was the considering the whole atmosphere of it. I mean, thankfully, and I think they did the right thing where Dana White. Uh, 
Because obviously the winner would have got a six-figure contract. He ended up giving both the fighters a six-figure contract. But dude, when when they announced that it was a draw, wow. it was so awkward. Like, like, yeah. like and he <laughs> and it's funny because they look back at Bruce Buffer. This is literally Bruce Buffer. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that is such go, a good go, impersonation. Go back to it. Go back to it. He's like, literally. Like, uh, the referee know. didn't re- know how I'm to do re- it. I'm just reading the card. I don't think the fighters. I mean, the, when when there's a pause and nobody is getting their hand raised, I think both fighters are kind of going, the hell's going on here? And yeah. I, I think they probably I mean, don't get me wrong. Not well. every draw ends in, like, disappointment. Like, I think Mark Hunt, Antonio Silva, that was one of the most, like, Okay, I, I see that being a draw because mm-hmm. I didn't want any guy to lose because they did so just beat the crap out of each other. Uh-huh. Not in this case. It was like, what? Yeah. yeah. It, well, okay, all of that being said, who did you guys score the fight for? Uh, let me take a look here. I, I scored f- a draw. Uh-huh. <laughs> I scored the last round 10-10. First round was that. definitely Ishihara, and this is where we get into the, you know, mm-hmm. the character and the story of the fight. Ishihara was a lot busier in general. Reminded me a little bit of Dominic Cruz stick and move style. A lot okay. of footwork, right? Yeah, absolutely. All over the place. Um, but Hirota did kind of uh, come alive in the second and third. I think he uh, uh, the third, I, I gave him the third strongly. Um, the second was touch and go because Ishihara did knock down uh, Hirota several times. Yeah. Um, didn't really get to capitalize on it. For the most part, it was 15 minutes of, you know, stand up and um, movement all around uh, around the cage. Um, I probably would have leaned towards uh, Hirota, okay. I think, for the, the second and third. Yeah, so, see, I would have given it to Hirota, like you said, for the second and third. Ishihara, although he started out really good and seemed to be controlling the pace of the fight for the first half of the fight, mm-hmm. he wasn't um, giving putting that much damage on Hirota. He did knock him down right. a couple times, but then Hirota came and knocked him down a couple times. And I just felt like when Hirota was in control, the 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 pace of the fight was controlled. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He he wasn't just miscellaneously swinging and and maybe catching him a couple times. His strikes was, were landing. He was landing, he was under control and he was really controlling the fight. Right. And I think that that was more definitive than the mayhem that Ishihara was putting mm-hmm. on Hiroto in the first half of the fight. So I would have given it to Hiroto, but I could totally see this being a close fight. Once again, I don't see it being It still was a great draw. fight. I thought it was a really mm-hmm. great fight. It was and a great rightfully fight. rightfully so. I like that they both ended up getting the six-figure contract, Absolutely. which was really awesome. You know, and that happens a lot with the end of the Ultimate Fighter seasons, is you like both guys in the finale so much that they end up being successful in the UFC anyway. Yeah. So it's like, why not give both guys the contract right now? So I'm yeah. happy that Dana White did that. Um, it was definitely the conclusion that, that I think the fans wanted and were happy with. It's a fair uh, it's a fair decision to, to give them both. It's a smart one business-wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually thinking about the, the bigger picture that comes to mind here. Uh, the UFC is still very, uh, very dead set about Japan and, and Asia making mm-hmm. their mark in there. Um, you know, they don't do a whole lot of Japanese shows. I think this was the third one. But, um, you know, especially with, I'm going to go off uh, off uh, off script here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a week ago at Bellator, you had uh, Mr. Saki Kabara coming out and introducing or, or announcing that he had signed Fedor Emelianenko yep. to his year-end uh, New Year's Eve show. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are still hesitant whether the Japanese can create Japanese MMA the way that it was in the heyday in the early 2000s and so with pride. Right. But, um, so it's, I wouldn't quite say it's a game changer, but mm-hmm. it is something to be aware of. And to that end, if you're the UFC, you want to get your hands uh, in, in 
on as many other Japanese fighters as possible. I absolutely agree with you. This is how I feel about the Asian market for as far as MMA goes. I mm-hmm. feel that they're one of the most respected martial arts communities. Not necessarily mixed martial arts, but martial arts in general has been there for centuries. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we've had so much success in the past with pro wrestling, with pride, and so many other... Um, combative sports Mm -hmm. over there that I feel like there's such a territory and a market to hit but unlike Ireland and Sweden and and Scotland I think it's going to take more than one big card for it to hit home there I think something I think they always need one big name yeah, I think they need a big name, but also I think at least one. They uh. need at least one, but I think they need to to really plant the seed in that market and let it grow properly because oh, yeah. I think that the fans over there are so respectful of mixed martial arts and accepting of it. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to grow some homegrown heroes there, and I yeah. think that's all that's missing from it. That's not a even a big part of why it, the the market dried up after after Pride went under was right. that there weren't Japanese stars that could be mainstream stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was going to say that the Asian market uh, or Asian fans kind of um, expect a lot from from their uh, their fighters to make them stars, but I'm not quite sure that that's the best way for me to put it. But I'll say that when you have a star. Um, when you have a, an Asian fighter, mm-hmm. um, especially in Japan, like you, you really need them to become a, to break into the mainstream level. You know, mm-hmm. somebody like a, how do I put this? Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor. We've not seen popularity like this, or in Conor's case, arise as fast as um, as fast in the past as we have with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronda is a mainstream star. You know, a pop culture icon practically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the case for a lot of fighter when Japanese fighters. When they achieve that level, that's kind of the standard to say, okay, that guy is a is a star in uh, in Japan. Um, that's the bar that they that they need to hit. And somebody like Shinya Aoki was mm-hmm. a bit of a, a hope for some people after Pride went under, but you know he he wasn't the guy. Uh, he didn't break into break through that uh, that ceiling there. Yeah, I, I don't think in any of our weight classes we have an Asian champion right now. I, I will say though, wrong. I don't think so either. I will say that I think Japan is so the Japan fans are so respectful and mm-hmm. so like obviously they're that they wouldn't. I would. I don't think they'd be opposed to not to to having a a star that's not even Asian. They're so welcoming about international stars. Look at Josh Barnett. Yeah, but you, uh, in, for in the sake of Japan, you need some. You need a homegrown star to to be able to go. I on think it'd TV. be. I think it'd be better. But if you have that kind of maybe that American guy that maybe goes to Japan and maybe learns the culture, and, and we've seen it all the time with pro wrestling as well. Right. Well, um, I agree that Josh Barnett is definitely. Um, how do I say this? He's raising awareness of the mm-hmm. other territories in MMA, and yeah. I think that it, who knows if Josh Barnett's champ one day maybe. He'll spend more time in Japan and overseas and represent them more. I think they would need maybe like a younger guy, like maybe like somebody's twenty five, someone to build. Like for example, like I know this is an MMA show, but I keep thinking Finn Balor, who was like a huge star in Japan uh, as Prince Devitt, and then you know, but he was like the guy. He was like he wasn't even he's not even American. He's like Irish, right? But he was a huge star in Japan, and now he's coming back to the U.S. (laughs) But I think I, I just think that for Japan is like they're so respectful of so many other cultures. That even if it's not a homegrown star, mm. they would still be as long as that person is willing to accept the that culture. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But the the, the grand scheme of things here is the 
Japanese market and the Asian market for MMA, there's such a large community and such a respectable community, and I I would be excited in the coming years to see a star come out of that. No, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Kyoji Horiguchi was one of my favorites for a while. He was a guy that I was like, go, 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 beat Demetrius Johnson. Of course, that didn't happen. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe someone like Kyoji Horiguchi in the future. Actually, he's on this card. We'll talk about him in a minute. Mm-hmm. But first, let's talk about uh, Katsunori Kikuno versus Diego Brandao. Uh, Diago Brandao won via TKO and round keep one. keep saying it different every single time. <laughs> Is it Diego? I figured if I do one of each, like, I'll just get it right. Diego. And you'll get Diego. it wrong. Diego. 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 Okay, Diego. All right. Daria. Well, there we go. Everyone calls me Daria anyway, so, you know, I just mispronounce yeah, everyone else's name. This show had a lot of decisions. You got a lot of bang for your buck on it, you know. Uh-huh. Matches going all the way. Um, but there were two in particular that didn't, that are worth worth going out of your way to watch. And Diego Brandao mm-hmm. is certainly one of them. The Uriah Hall match was another one. Um, it was a right fest. <laughs> I call it a right fest for Diego. He came out um, and dropped uh, dropped Kakuno with a right mm-hmm. and jumped on him, ground and pound you know, from behind with more rights. Kakuno got up. Diego landed a right that threw Kakuno's face into the cage. Yeah, just yeah, like, like a like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, yeah. you know, smacking it against the window there. That Windex is too clear. <laughs> right, and and more rights, and it was over in what twenty eight seconds. Yeah, that 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 was an amazing amazing fight. That's what I like to see. Go in there, mm-hmm. finish it. You, you you go in there with that killer instinct, and you kill, and you kill, or be killed. Yeah. And that's what he did. And it was done. And I really liked the face plant in the cage. That was awesome. Hmm. <laughs> um, but I have to say, that's not my favorite knockout of the night. But we'll get to that when we talk about Mr. Uriah Hall. Uh, next, we have Takeya Mizugaki versus George Roop. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I, I thought you were talking about me. Oh, no. Like, George Hermosa. Well, I wanted to make an enunciation for Roop. 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 <laughs> All these hard names to pronounce. And then there's Roop. Like Roop? No. Oh, like, or like Diago, apparently. <laughs> you just said it wrong. Yeah. On you, purpose. I was, I was, no, yeah, you didn't do I that did on there. purpose. You, you just, no. Anyway, so Mizugaki wins via United Decision 29-28 all around. Tons of clinch work. Rube controlling the clinch. He's very tall. But I thought that it was a very weird strategy for him to choose. Being the taller and lankier guy, you think you want to use your reach mm-hmm. advantage and, and play the outside game and not get hit that much because uh, Mizugaki would have had a really hard time getting in on him. But he chose to play the clinch, and I think Mizugaki did a good job of controlling it there. Um, yeah. He landed some nice, dirty boxing on the inside. And even when they were at, uh, toe-to-toe at a distance, Mizugaki did a great job of getting in and landing those shots. Yeah. Yeah, Mizugaki was fast with his hands, mm-hmm. uh, as, as usual with him. But uh, just, you know, would... Rook could not. Uh, he was he was walking into a, a barrage every time that that was happening, um, which you know again lends to to the idea of staying on the outside and using reach. Um, and he's got knockout power. He has uh, finished guys in the past, mm-hmm. but um, for whatever reason, you know this one was was not the most exciting one. Um, likewise, uh, Horiguchi versus Camus. I think a little bit more uh, action excitement, but. You know, that one was 30-27 across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, strictly Horiguchi getting mm-hmm. back on track after his loss to DJ. Mm-hmm. So, um, But, yeah, so George Root, I, I have a hard time with this guy. I think he has, obviously, the reach. I mm-hmm. think he has the length. He, he throws some really good kicks. He was landing a lot of kicks. But 
he's so all over the place mm-hmm. and his speed's not there. Now, if he was all over the place but he had the speed, mm-hmm. I'd say, okay, mm-hmm. he can get away with it. But he was he was very slow and predictable. And I feel like if he would have gone against anybody even faster than uh, Mizugaki, he would have been in real trouble because mm-hmm. his punches to me just looked so sloppy and predictable. So um, I thought... Takeo Mizugaki did a good job of controlling the pace and really getting in on that mm-hmm. long reach and using his speed to his advantage, which clearly is what I would do. Um, he did a great job. It was a good fight. It was a, not my favorite one on the card, but it was good. Yeah. Like you said, Kyoji Horiguchi versus Chico, the King Camus, was a little bit better. Uh, Horiguchi wins via unanimous decision 30-27 all around. What do you think of this one, George? Same. I mean, I thought it was a little one-sided, but it just shows how good Horiguchi is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, definitely coming off his loss. I mean, it's, I mean, he was going to lose anyway, but, you know, losing with one second left in the fight. Um, somebody's coming in. We yeah. have a guest! Oh, we have a guest. Okay. We don't uh, have a guest. We don't have a guest. Hey, Dad! Hearing voices in my head. They be calling me. <laughs> But yeah, I, I thought it was a good fight. I think, you know, like I said, Horiguchi is just good. I mean, obviously, he's going to have a long way to show that he can beat somebody like Demetrius Johnson. Let me ask you this: is is this weight class one of those weight classes that you're going to have these great number one contenders, but the champ is never going to lose? Uh, I will say yes. that after he beats, if he beats Henry Cejudo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Agreed. Um, I see Horiguchi as like a as like a Uriah Faber right now. He he. He's gonna beat anybody you put him put in his sight, but then you know you give him the title shot, and that title holder is just too good. Yeah, and it's something that I want to see Henry Cejudo jump in there, and I want to see him mix it up mm-hmm. and and really put a shake in this weight class because I think it would add. I agree. I was saying the same thing yesterday. We've seen in a while. Well, think of the same thing yesterday. He's, he's going up the ranks, you know, very reasonably. He's uh, number five right now. Uh, Horiguchi was, uh, had dropped dropped to number seven after uh, after the DJ fight. Wow! Or he came into this one with the DJ fight. Um, you know, just looking quickly at the top five: uh, Joe B. DJ has beaten Juicy Formiga. He's mm-hmm. beaten him, right? I, I believe. So. Yeah, I think he's like have the they one guy. I don't think he's. I think he's the one guy who they have okay. caught. Uncle Creepy's at number four, and you got Henry Cejudo. So John Moraga is number six. Um, Horiguchi, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him. You know, go up the ranks again. You know, a couple of there could be a couple of rematches here for DJ and Horiguchi could be in the mix with them. Yeah. But you know, between between Demetrius Johnson and Matt Hume with his long uh, history and experience in Japan, Demetrius Johnson versus a Japanese fighter, it's Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even tell me who it is right now. Who's the Japanese fighter right now? Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. Demetrius Johnson is one of the most. Inevitable champions we've ever had. I mean, he's been a champ for for how long now? Two years. Three, two, I'm guessing years, yeah. a two, little three. over two years. I was going to say, um, and he's he wins every fight mm-hmm. defiantly. Like you know, he's going to win. He goes in there. His cardio is impeccable, and I think that you know the cardio has everything to do with his mindset. He goes in there like I'm not going to get tired. You know what I mean? He can do as many cardio drills as he wants, but I really think it's this guy's mindset that makes him win these these fights. And I don't see him getting beat for a long, long time. So I'd like to see Kyo- Kyoji Horiguchi versus Henry Cejudo when mm-hmm. the time comes. And um, I think that's where we go well, from Cejudo there. Cejudo fights very soon in he Mexico. Does. And I think that if, if he clears that, then he's going to be the next in line. Didn't Henry Cejudo, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he speak out against the Diaz thing and say that he was... Yeah, he won't be fighting in, in Nevada. 
<laughs> Except, Except if he gets that title shot and Nevada yeah. sa- and the UFC says, hey, we're doing it in, in Nevada. <laughs> then I think he'll cave. But um, yeah. it, it's good to see him sticking up for his buddies. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Gegard Mousasi versus Uriah wow. Primetime Hall. This has to be one of my favorite knockouts so far this year. By, absolutely. Point, yeah. um, Uriah Hall gives us great knockouts for for little promo clips and this is one of them technically it was uh it was TKO, TKO yeah. but but the that back shot. kick i mean it's such a fascinating Ooh. story the finish mm-hmm. absolutely all credit due to Uri hall mm-hmm. and i have many different opinions on him my my opinion of of Uri is is constantly evolving i think he's a fascinating guy mm-hmm. to study in so far as um studying the understanding the mind of a fighter mm-hmm. i think there's a lot there he's, he's chunky it's a chunky guy yeah. for for that, but um, what's, what was fascinating was how much Musasi. He was going in here as a, very much an underdog against Musasi. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. I don't think he, I don't even think he was ranked. Was he ranked? Musasi or no? You're right. Home. You're right home. Um, I don't believe so. Let me take a quick look here. Um, but you know, it was expected. It kind of started out. No, he's not in the top fifteen. Um, when, as a lot of people expected, where Gegard took him to a place that he's seemingly least comfortable or that we've seen least of him mm-hmm. on the ground got a takedown off of uh, a Uriah Hall kick and continued to stay on top I mean he had Musasi had better wrestling I than, mean there was a part in the first round though where Uriah Hall looked like he got him with a he was going to get him with an arm bar and yeah. I was like oh my god is he really going to get him obviously yeah. you know but you can tell that that's even that alone, getting Musashi in that position, you can tell that just how much he Uriah Hall has improved. Yeah, Uriah Hall is one of those guys that I would gamble my money on because I just feel like he's one of those guys that just always pulls it out in the end. Would you, know you gamble I mean? the money going into Maybe this match? Maybe not against a guy going yeah, Musashi, but, okay. but most other scenarios. But no, Uriah Hall is one of those guys that he always pulls it out in the end. He's got really, really... Um, large amounts of power in his punches and mm-hmm. his kicks as we've seen in the past mm-hmm. he was a guy that came off the ultimate fighter and we all thought he was going to soar soar and soar and then there was kind of like a layover we didn't and a lot of that in my opinion was uh-huh. mental not physical okay. not the training i can see that and that's where i think is the fascinating part of him he didn't display the outward aggression that I think Dana, you know, was was down on him for a couple of matches, thinking this guy doesn't have the the animalistic hunger in him. Right. Um, and Uriah has always been a guy that doesn't like to talk shit. He's very calm mm-hmm. and uh, soft spoken. Um, kind of takes the traditional martial arts approach to uh, to speaking outward. You know, not wanting to talk shit and stuff. We, we had right. that argument with him. We did. We God, had him on air. Or so, we had right? him on the phone on AfterBuzz TV right here. UFC and could not get him jostled at all. And and Jay just tried to pick <laughs> his brain and get him fired up, and mm-hmm. and he got a little fired up at you. I think he, he I, came back at you and said, "I'm not changing the way I am," or something yeah. like that. And but I think he was calm about it, which yeah. just only drove me that much more nuts. Yeah, J- Jay really wanted to get the best out of him, but he he stayed pretty calm. But the thing is, when you see him in the in the ring in the cage, excuse me, mm-hmm. he um he is again calm. Collected. He looks for his shots. He can be aggressive when he needs to, but you don't see him mad dogging. You don't see this outward aggression like you would from a Diaz brother, right, for example. Right. You know, he's the antithesis of that, at least at least facially in his body movement. And you know, but unfortunately, he was getting manhandled on the ground as mm-hmm. much as we you know say yeah. about that armbar. Musasi had his yeah. number. You could yeah, argue with Musasi 10-8 had there. him in a rear naked choke attempt. He had him in a arm close. triangle. Yeah, he definitely. Uh, had his number in, in, in the first round. And then the second round, Uriah Hall came out mm-hmm. with that look in his eyes, which I would say is borderline animalistic. 
and he gave it to him. His and like right. I said, those strikes when your eye hole throws a strike, I like power is all I think. Yeah. He has such power behind everything he throws. And that's the thing that everybody saw and was counting on in Ultimate Fighter. In the Ultimate Fighter. And coming off of that. Absolutely. Um, landed a great spinning back kick that just dropped to the face, I think. Not, that, I think just not even the back kick, but the knee that kind of he caught that on flying as well. knee. I thought that was even worse. So it was a spinning back kick, guys, that kind of doubled him over, mm-hmm. uh, Musasi over, and then he followed it with an immediate flying knee right to the face, mm-hmm. which, if that didn't end it, the brutal ground and pound that took place for another... 10 Mississippi seconds really <laughs> ended it. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody today that said they thought it was an early stoppage. I said, what fight were you watching? <laughs> could have been a late that stoppage. That could have been a late stoppage. And he's like, oh, didn't you see Masasi going for the single leg? It I said... An, it was an early stoppage if the match happens today. <laughs> but for yesterday, it was yeah. right on time. Yeah. It, um, that was not a single leg. That was a grab the leg for the life of me, right. hold on to something so that I don't yeah. fall face first. Yeah. Um, the you know credit due as well to Masasi who didn't get uh, d- didn't go black after those two first strikes. The mm-hmm. fact that he is still in it with yeah. those with those rights to his face, whoosh, yeah. They would have put most people dead to mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it was a last minute opponent change. Um, it was supposed to be a, yeah. I, I don't remember. I feel like Ron Jaco Canero. Juan Canero. But I feel yeah. It was like three or four weeks out. Okay. You know, but um, yeah, certainly not. Two last minute, but also not something that I think either guy was necessarily planning, planning for. Planning for for a while, yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see, though, again, mm-hmm. Uriah Hall. What Uriah Hall do we see going you know, to the end of the year, early next year? Or how, 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 uh, how far up he's going to rise up in the rankings as well? Yeah, yeah, very fair point. Two of my favorite guys that so far this year are – actually, I think they train together. Uriah Hall and Kelvin Gastelum. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see Uriah Hall tweeted, he's like, you're up next, bro. And he said Kelvin Gastelum and Malik Blake. And I thought it meant that he was like, I'm challenging you. Oh, okay. But he, that's, of course, not what he meant. He meant, like, right. you're my teammate and you're fighting next. Yeah, you're um, Totally misinterpreted that. But <laughs> that was on a different podcast. But anyway, um, so two of my favorite fighters, though, they train together. Uriah Hall, Kelvin Gastelum. And Tyrone Woodley, actually. They're like my three mm-hmm. favorites right now because they're explosive, mm-hmm. they have the knockout power, and, and they know how to finish people. And and that's something that I look for. And if we see the Uriah Hall that we saw with the toe sticking out, the bone sticking out of his toe, and yeah, I uh, So you want to see the bone again? Is what I want to see the bone, the blood again. No, I'm just kidding. But if we see <laughs> that, that fire in him, that we saw that fight, I mean, that guy, literally his toe was falling apart and he was using it to kick still for the mm-hmm. whole rest of the fight. That fight amazed me. And then this last one, amazing. Yeah. So if we see that, Uriah Hall, I, I might have him as my fighter of the year contender. But we'll Ooh, talk about that wow. in a couple months. Yeah, that's interesting. Musasi mm-hmm. um, is ranked number six. He is. So can you imagine uh, Uriah Hall uh, jumping into the mix between number seven, Tim Kennedy, and number five, Leota Machida? Whoa. Uh, number eight, Michael Bisping? What do we think about Michael Bisping versus Uriah Hall? Oh. I heard rumors of Bisping versus Anderson Silva. What? Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's what Anderson Silva said. Oh. Michael Bisping versus Uriah Hall. That would be an interesting fight. Michael Bisping is a relentless guy that obviously has a slugger nut style, but at the same time, Uriah Hall's got that power. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a funny I don't know. Make. We are <laughs> looking at our... Uh, we're being told in the booth here... We got to take it home, but we've got five rounds of Josh Barnett. 
and Let Roy Nelson to talk you. about. And let's start blow by blow here. Okay, so in the first round of the first second of the first round of the first second. I promise I'm kidding, Just Alexis. Kidding. Um, okay, so guys, this was a back and forth fight. It was a lot of clinching, a lot of uh, dirty boxing, back and forth. Josh Barnett, in my opinion, controlling the pace for most of the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I scored probably all five rounds for Josh Barnett. He really was uh, controlling the speed of the fight and did a great job of landing the important shots. I think he was scoring points in this fight, and I think it mattered to score points in this fight because it wasn't that um, obvious of a winner. So I think he was scoring points when he needed to, getting out of trouble when he needed to, but also super aggressive going forward. I think this is the best Josh Barnett we've seen in a while. He came in leaner. Uh, he definitely was was hungry and, and determined. Mm-hmm. I gave Nelson the first. I had I gave uh, Nelson the first, and then Josh took the rest of them, mm-hmm. pulled ahead. Now a lot of people are saying that Roy was was gassing out in like the second and third, and you know done in the in the deep water. Right. True. Although I'll say too that I feel like Roy Nelson got didn't get enough credit for his cardio because he was nailing takedowns mm-hmm. in the later rounds, uh, and Josh as well. I think was. Um, you know, he, he won. He won decisively. There was no question. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I feel like he was winded and gassed mm-hmm. in, in the later rounds. Both were, this was a fun fight to watch, though. It's a, it, this was a it slobber was knocker. I mean, yeah. Roy Nelson. I know we've seen him get knocked out before, but this guy's got a chin that I don't think many people can even mm-hmm. fathom taking the damage, half the damage that he, he takes. I was watching Josh Burnett hit him and stuff, and I'm like, what does Josh do from here? Like, he yeah. just has to keep doing the same thing. And, yeah. like I said, score the points because he's not going to get the knockout. Um, and that he was nasty in the clinch. That clinch and uppercuts and knees. Great work in the clinch. But, once again, I just didn't see the knockout coming. And that's right. not that's not a flaw of Josh Barnett. That's a that's a yeah. token of how great Roy Nelson's chin is. credit to Roy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, how long has he been coming out to Made in the USA? Is that just because he's... Roy? Yeah. Uh, he's got to come out to fat by Wilder. No, that's right. Yeah. Although he should come out to Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. That would be really fun. I think that'd be awesome. Roy, like Roy's the kind of guy that would do something yeah, like that. Exactly. I think it's a that horrible really idea, but then again, it would probably happen. Um, either way, it made for a great main event. Like we said, Josh Barnett has some fame over there in Japan, and so does Roy Nelson. And they're two of my favorite heavyweights, and I think you guys as well. We talked mm-hmm. about this fight, and I think we predicted it to be a knockout for sure. Mm-hmm. But Shows you what we know. Shows you what we know. <laughs> guys, we will be back soon, though. Uh, wait, can we do some well, predictions? We will be back in a week. You're not going to be here in a week. Can we do after those predictions? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting cut. That's the wrong button. Oh. Oh. We love you, Alexis. Thanks. You're after Buzz TV. I think that Nick Diaz is going to get his suspension cut down to like three years or something. Yeah. That's I agree still with that. so yeah. dramatic. I do like, I, without getting too much into it, I do like Ronda Rousey speaking out. Um, so not, let's just not say just, real quick, Nick Diaz got suspended for five years, not four, but five, for testing positive for the second, third, 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 time, yeah. third three strikes are out, yeah. third time for marijuana. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it, it's worth, well, no, it's not worth going and watching it on Fight Pass, the uh, the um, state athletic commission hearings because it's uh, it was it. kind of a fiasco unto itself, but uh, a lot of upheaval and, and kind of rebellion against uh, that ruling. I think it was mm-hmm. more uh, l- less about the weed and more about Nick Diaz, who he is, and his relationship with the state athletic commission. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think it's a little harsh when people are doing steroids and getting suspended for a couple months or a year, and then somebody smokes marijuana and gets suspended for five. What's marijuana going to help you in a fight? What's steroids going to help you in a fight? Yeah, we're thinking that it it wouldn't help you in a fight. Exactly my Mm -hmm. point. And I look at danger versus... 
Right. No, non-danger. Agreed. Steroids are dangerous mm-hmm. because right. you can hurt somebody. Right. That that whole mentality comes from Keith Kaiser and when yeah. Nick tested positive the first time mm-hmm. against uh, Takanori Gomi. Maybe mm-hmm. that was the second and time. And then you have people doing behavioral know. things yeah, that, that end up in the news and they're yeah. still only suspended for a couple yeah. months. Like, I just think fair is fair and you need to kind of be more consistent with your rulings. But yes. that's just my opinion. But let's talk but about I think predictions. it's what, UFC 192? Hmm? 192 next week? I believe it's 92. Cormier yeah, versus Gustafson. I believe it's Ty- Tyron Woodley versus Johnny Hendricks. That's mm-hmm. the co-main. I thought the co-main was Ryan Bader versus Rashad Evans. No, that's the third fight on the card. Oh, wow. Card. Stack card then. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think even Joseph Benavides is on is like on the prelims. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joe main event prelims. Wow. Ever against those Ali. Are, those are all good fights. Even the main event, I think, can go either way. Right, I like Cormier, Cormier, Evans, and Hendricks. Good. Uh, shoot. I got Hendricks. Hendricks, Bader, and Cormier. Cormier, uh, Tyrone Woodley, because I picked him as one of my fighters of the year. Just because he's an well, Ryan Bader versus who? Rashad Evans. Ooh. Rashad Evans. Guys, we will see you. Actually, I won't be here because I will be selling these Jersey Double Inspired t-shirts in Monroe, New Jersey at the Crown Plaza Hotel. Come see me October 3rd. Guys, where can we find you? Well, you can't see me in Jersey October 3rd, but you can see me <laughs> at your local Taco Bell where uh, I will be sporting this Daria Baronado Jersey Devil t-shirt, which you can buy for, what is it, 20 bucks? You're yeah. not going to hang out Plus at Burger King Chandler. for the uh, Black I'm Murder, but I'm never going to big. With George Hermosa at Taco Bell <laughs> yes. with that shirt. I love it! Um, which you can buy. Check out the Facebook page, Daria Jersey, Daria Jersey Devil Baronado Facebook page, toughdaria at gmail.com. You can find me at Twitter and on Instagram at ghermoza, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, hashtag the road to 400 followers. Let's get him there. Jay, where can we <laughs> find you? As usual, jtan716 all over. On November 22nd, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, you can find me at Club Nokia for the last of the year, University of MMA, Fight Ooh. Night 12. Uh, beyond that, I'll be back here on Wednesday for Ultimate Fighter. And also, happy anniversary to Carol and Mike. Mom, congratulations on dealing with Dad's farts for 45 years. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. U of MMA is the place to be on November 22nd. I will be there as well as George if we are available, which of course we will be. Guys, we will see you next week. Have a good one. You too. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. We do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.